just hanging out with the Neals for a few minutes this afternoon. Um, uh, one of my favorite things to ask missionaries and pastors, I just want to know about the romance, like how'd y'all meet, who bailed, who out of jail, how did that all start, you know, that sort of stuff, and just excited uh, to get to know people's story. And uh, Brother Gary Neal uh, was brought to church on a bus, and I think the first time at 15 years old, and Miss Tammy was the pastor's daughter. And uh, he came in and saw her for the first time and went home and told his mama, I saw the girl I'm going to marry. And uh, they're st- they don't know if it's going to work out. I think they're coming up on their 50th, and so maybe it'll work out. So he told that story. And so I looked at Jaden, and I'm like, well, who are you going to marry? And I, yeah, anyway, this, yeah, no. And this, oh, man. It's just, it's great to have people here to minister to us. I'm excited about Brother Neil preaching. I'm thankful for their faithfulness. He's pastored in two different churches, and God has used them over several decades. And, and you can't put a price tag on a man and a woman being faithful to one another and faithful to the Lord. And, and so let's have a heart to hear and a heart that's ready to respond. Brother Neil, we're thankful that you're here. You come and deliver the word to us. Thank you, pastors. God bless you. Well, I tell you, I've certainly enjoyed the day and uh, enjoyed spending time with your pastor. And uh, God bless him and his family. We enjoyed a delicious meal. I would recommend everybody go to their house for a meal. I mean, it's, uh, that was really good, good grub today. And we appreciate that. Appreciate this church and your hospitality, the wonderful room you provided for us, a gift basket that we munched on last night. And, and uh, you've made us feel extremely welcome, and many of you had questions and so on about the ministry, and, and thank you for your interest, and thank you for giving uh, for that container for Samoa, and uh, we're, we're trusting the Lord get that ready to go here, uh, hopefully before the end of the year. There was a, a breakdown with one of the printing presses that was finishing up the Bibles, and, and we're hoping to get that out here really quick, uh, but thank you so much for your giving. And, of course, it's, you're giving to the ministry, but ultimately you're giving to the Lord. And that's, that's, the, that's the main thing. What we're doing, we're giving to the Lord. He certainly deserves all the glory and the honor for it all. Amen? Well, amen. Let's turn to Acts chapter 7 and uh, Acts chapter 7 tonight. Again, if you're interested in taking a trip with us sometime, there's brochures on the table back there about the trips. Um, we uh, usually go about eight days at a time, and it gives you time to fly in and fly out. Last day is usually spent uh, shopping for some souvenirs and a little bit of sightseeing. We want you to enjoy the country where you're at uh, while you're there a little bit. Uh, but most of it is work, work, and work. Amen? And uh, so if you'd like to go, uh, we were in Brazil uh, this summer, and... Uh, one of the ladies that went with us was a, a, the widow of a pastor from Michigan, a dear faithful man of God, and, and uh, she was on the trip. She was actually in the video. Uh, she turned 89 in Brazil, and uh, she was a go-getter. I'm telling you, she, she, we were concerned about her, but bless her heart, she, she went at it. She was a tough lady, I'll tell you. I talked to her about, she was a deer hunter, 
And uh, I said, when's the last time you field dressed a deer? She said, six years ago. That was on her 89th birthday. Amen. So some of you people making excuses, throw them out the window. Amen. You can. Amen. All right. You know what? I heard a message here a while back. Somebody said not everybody can go. And that is true. Not everybody can. But if you can't, you can certainly pray and help someone else. Amen. And so, again, thank you, church. It's been wonderful. I tell you, I really feel like I've been to church today. I'd like we could quit right now, and we'd probably be way ahead. Amen? But uh, Acts chapter 7, if you would like to stand to your feet one more time, and I do appreciate my precious wife. We've decided we've, we've uh, put up with each other this long. We're just going to stick it out. Amen? And we're headed toward re- Jubilee year, number 50. And uh, so thank God for her. I don't, I don't know what I'd do without her. Don't want to know. Amen. And I uh, told your pastor today, I said, we've already decided, because we're on the road all the time, that if we get to where we cannot travel together, then the Lord's going to have to give me some new directions. Because I just don't want to travel without her. Amen. And so you just pray that the Lord keep us both healthy and safe, and we appreciate it. All right, Acts chapter 7. Let's begin in verse 59, because 59 and 60 leads right into chapter 8. Acts chapter 7 and verse 59. The Bible said, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of them, and many taken, uh, many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Let's pray. Father, Lord, again, we're thankful for the day. Lord, it's been a wonderful day. Thank you, Lord, for just the joy of being with your people and being able to worship you and uh, hearing your name and your word exalted, Lord, uh, through the song and through the preaching and teaching of your word today. Lord, we just bless your name for your blessings upon this people. God, we pray that you continue to bless. And dear Lord, tonight we ask you now in these next few moments that you would please help us, Lord God, to purposely listen to you Through your word, I ask you, Lord God, again for your filling. Lord, I am certainly not worthy to be standing here before these people tonight. But dear God, uh, you've chosen me and called me. And Lord, you've assigned me this this time and this task. And I pray that you would enable me through the power of the Holy Spirit to say what needs to be said in the way you want it said. Lord, open up our hearts. I pray if someone here is unsaved, they'd be saved tonight. And dear Lord, I pray that you'd help each of us as your people to draw closer to you and grow in our faith, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. 
I, uh, I, thir- I love the book of Acts. Someone said Acts is short for the word action uh, here, and uh, uh, the book of Acts certainly is a book of action. I mean, from the beginning to the end, uh, something is happening continuously. And, of course, in this, in this story here that we've just read, there's a lot of action. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. Uh, we're introduced to Stephen being stoned to death uh, there at the end of chapter 7. And then we find the Saul of Tarsus coming and a lot of action going on in Jerusalem and persecution comes and the people of God are scattered all over the place. And, uh, and then we find Philip going down to Samaria and preaching Christ unto them. And uh, uh, more action taking place. And we're going to see some more here in a few minutes in this chapter. Uh, but what I love about the book of Acts, and you see it all through the scripture, is you see God at work. You see God at work. Uh, if you go to Genesis and you start reading chapter 1 and chapter 2, you see God at work. Uh, but uh, I, I suspe- specifically tonight want to look at God working here in our passage of Scripture tonight uh, because I happen to believe that, and I know the Bible teaches this, that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, uh, and specifically here, the way God worked in the chapter 8 I believe with all my heart he's still working within those parameters tonight. Now we know God is, is, is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's sovereign, and God can do pretty much anything he wants to do. Uh, but, does, but, but God does set some, some standards, not standards necessarily, parameters, some avenues of how he works. And I just want to see those tonight just to encourage you that what we see happening, what God's doing in Acts chapter 8, God is still doing today. We're living in a day when everybody's trying to figure out a better way to get the work of God done. Nothing wrong with trying to fine-tune things and, and do best we can to make things better in doing the work of God, but the truth of the matter is we can do a lot of things to change how we do the work of God, but God works the way He chooses to work. Amen. And the simple thought tonight, I'm going to do like the pastor did this morning. I'm going to give you the outline first in case you need to take a nap before I get finished. And uh, you have the outline, and uh, then we'll go back and fill it in. Just three simple things tonight. We're going to see God at work in this chapter. We're going to see three things. We're going to see God's will at work. Then we're going to see God's word at work. And then we're going to see God's witness at work. Just those three simple things. But I believe that today, that, and the Bible teaches this, that God is still working through His will, through His Word, and through His witnesses. And you know what? Every one of us can be a witness for the cause of Christ. Amen? Now let's look here, if you will. First of all, uh, we see Philip. He's left Jerusalem uh, under persecution. And I wish I had time to think more about Philip, but we don't. But I like Philip. I like a man who was found faithful in his local church. Amen. I like a man that was found faithful uh, by his own peers, by his own church members. People that knew Philip and went to church with him every week, they knew a man because they chose him to be one of those what we call deacons today. They chose him earlier uh, to be one of those men that would oversee the taking care of the widows and, and their ministration. He was to be a faithful man, a man filled with the Spirit of God and all those different things. I like a man that's faithful in his local church. Amen. I'm not really impressed with people who say God's called me to go somewhere around the world 
but they're not doing anything in their local church. Amen. And so Philip had a wonderful testimony in his local church. I like the fact that when he was when he had to leave that local church and go somewhere else for whatever cause it was, he was faithful when he got to Samaria. Thank God for that. He was faithful. But I want you to notice here, if you will, back, jump on down to verse 26 tonight for time's sake. And I want you to see, uh, of course, Philip there in Samaria, he's preaching. People are getting saved. Christ is being honored and glorified. God's vindicating the message of the gospel through the power and the healing and so on that's going on there. It says in verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down uh, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, Here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's why we call believers baptism. Requirement for baptism is already believing and being saved. The Bible said, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was founded as Otis, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I want us to see tonight uh, that God uh, sends an angel down from heaven to go to Samaria and speak to Philip. He speaks to him in the midst of a, an extremely successful, if you want to call it, campaign, uh, extremely successful ministry there in Samaria, people getting saved right and left, all those different things happening, the devil being defeated, and all that's happening. And the angel of the Lord says, Philip, I, I want you to go and arise and go uh, toward the south into the way that goeth down toward desert, down to Gaza. Now, the question is tonight, why did the angel send Philip there? We know the story that he sent him there because there's a man down there in a chariot on the side of the road that's needing help. Amen? He's needing help. And, and what I find here is the reason God sent an angel to Philip was because it was the will of God for that lone man down there in the desert all by himself to be saved by the grace of God just as, it, as much as it was for the whole city of Samaria to be saved. It was the will of God. And what you have here in Philip's life, in the Ethiopian eunuch's life, is here is God is working, his will is working on behalf of that Ethiopian eunuch, and that man doesn't even know it. He has no clue. And I'm glad tonight, thank God, for the will of God that was working 
for this sinner, this lost sinner, this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, we need to understand tonight and be reminded of this, uh, that the will of God, God always works according to His will. Always. God always works according to His will. I'm glad for that. Amen? I'm glad, thank God, because God's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, he tasted death for every man. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And what I find here, as it is still today the same way, it is the will of God for all men to be saved. All men. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible said we were to take the gospel to the nations. We are to take it to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. There's not one person on the earth that Jesus Christ didn't die for. It is the will of God for all people to be saved. That needs to be said in this day because of the, the false doctrine of Calvinism that is growing by leaps and bounds. And if you're a Calvinist here tonight, I'm sorry for that, but that's not a Bible doctrine. It's error. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world, not just a select few. Amen? I think about that. I think about how back in 1971 that there were some men that came and knocked on my, my door, the door of my house. <clears throat> I lived in a neighborhood that was prime bus territory. I mean, it was prime. Uh, everybody had four or five junk cars in the yard and six or seven dogs running loose. And that's the kind of neighborhood we lived in. And um, some men knocked on our doors, 13 men in my neighborhood on a Saturday night from a church that ran about 50 people. Amen. And I'm glad, thank God, that they knocked on my door. I had no clue what they were doing there. I had no clue about any of that. But I'm glad it was the will of God for me to be saved. And I'm glad, thank God, that God's will was at work on my behalf before I even knew what was going on. When God touched that pastor's heart to start that church five miles from where I live, that was the will of God working on my behalf. When he put it in the heart of those men to start a bus ministry and buy a bus and to, to pay for the insurance and, and take care of all those things, that was the will of God working on my behalf. I had no clue. When they said that we're going to go to their neighborhood, his neighborhood, and knock on his door, God's will was working on my behalf, and I did not know it. If you think back, I bet you would figure out that before you got saved, the will of God was working on your behalf. Before you got saved, when you didn't even see this, this Ethiopian eunuch, he has no clue what's going on in Samaria. He's been up to Jerusalem worshiping. He's a, I believe he's a proselyte, believer, uh, the God of Israel. Uh, but yet he needs to know about Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for his sin and rose again from the grave. He needs to know that. And, but he has no clue that Philip's been in Samaria. He has no clue. The angel has said, I want you to go down there where this fellow's at. And, and by the way, let me throw this in and I'll move to the next point. I'm pretty sure that Philip was not a Baptist. Because God said, get up and go, and he just got up and went. How many Baptists do you know that do that? I didn't think so. Amen. So anyway, whatever he was, he did well. Amen. And so how does God work today? He's, it is the will of God for all men to be saved. If we want to see God working in our work for God, and we can't exclude anybody from the message of the gospel. We can't say, as your pastor very, very well put it this morning, there's nobody beyond the reach of the grace of God. Amen. We can look at them. We can sum them up. They're too, 
too down and out or they're too up and out. I wonder how many of us believe that Bill Gates could be saved by the grace of God. God's willing. Amen. And so if we want to see, and by the way, I've been in the work of God a long time, and I've never deserved a minute of it. But I've been in the work of God a long time, but there's been a lot of the work of God I've been involved in where God really wasn't working. I was working. Amen. But I'm glad, thank God, that it's not, God's not willing that any should perish. Someone said one time years ago, you cannot take the gospel to the wrong address. And if we want to see God at work in our day, in our life, in our generation, we must agree with God that he's willing to save any sinner. It don't matter what they look like, smell like, live like, act like what they've done. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Amen. And so I find the will of God, God's will working for this Ethiopian eunuch. And God's still working according to his will today. Number two, we find God's word working in him. God's word's working in him. What's he doing down there? Well, he's been up to Jerusalem. He's been up there to keep one of those feast days that if you're a believer, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, you're to go up there and keep that feast day. He's been up there doing that, and on his way, he's on his way back home to Ethiopia. He's a very important man. He's an educated man, no doubt about that. He must be a trustworthy man. He's a treasurer of his kingdom, all those things. But he's coming back on his way back. He's, he's reading the Word of God. There must have been a, a wings-bearing precious seed team member up there passing out Scripture in Jerusalem when he was up there. I'm assuming that might have been what happened. Uh, but what's he doing? He's reading the Word of God. Amen. Now, if you study here and look what he's reading from, we know he's reading from the Old Testament. Couldn't be reading from the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. But he's definitely reading from the Old Testament Scripture. He's definitely reading from the book of Isaiah. He's definitely reading from Isaiah chapter 53. And specifically, here according to Acts, he's reading Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8. That great prophetic passage of Scripture concerning Jesus Christ who would come and die. Amen. And bear our sins and our sorrows. What a message of the gospel right there. That's what he's reading. Now, as he's reading this, I believe that the word of God, which the Bible says is quick, that, mean, that word means it's alive. How many believe this book's alive? Amen. Amen. It's quick and powerful. And as this man began to read the scripture, I believe the word of God began to work in him. Say, well, what makes you think that? Well, why did heaven dispatch an angel to Samaria to get Philip to go down there? I believe as this man read the scripture, it began to work in him. God Almighty, who knows all things, saw that the word of God is working in him and said, that boy needs help. Let's go, Philip. Amen. You know, when I started riding that church bus to church, I was 15 years old. Um, those men asked me to go to church. They, my dad called me in the living room and said, Gary, these, 
these fellows want to know if you and your brother like to ride church bus to church tomorrow. And I said, nope. I don't want to go to church. And uh, my mother said, she took me back in the other room, which that meant you're getting ready to have a confrontational discussion. <laughs> and she said, look, you just go one time. If you don't like it, you don't have to go back. I said, why don't you go? Well, anyway, long story short, I agreed to go. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, I really had no interest in going. Had no reason to go. be honest with you, when I rode that church bus to church that day, I was giving absolutely no thought to my sin before God. I didn't do that. I didn't give any thought to my lying and what God thought of it. My stealing and what God thought of it and a thousand other things and what God thought of it. No thought of it whatsoever. I gave, I gave no thought to if I died, would I go to heaven or hell? Never entered my mind. Never thought about it. None whatsoever. Gave no thought to what God thought about my life. Gave no thought to Jesus Christ and who he was and what he had done for me. Absolutely none. That's the truth. But I went to church that morning. We walked in that little old two-story house. They didn't even have a class for teenage boys. There's five of us because my brother came with me and we went and got three of our other buddies across the road, talked them into going with us. So I was a bus worker before I got saved. <laughs> we walked in the door and the pastor sees us come in and he grabs a deacon by the arm and says, take them back there in my office and teach them Sunday school. That's the truth. For the first time in my life, I heard the gospel. First time. He just simply went through the Romans road. I didn't care what road he went through, but that's what he went through that day. For the first time in my life, I heard the gospel. Now, did I comprehend it all? No. I didn't get it all. But I heard it. And I began to think about some things I hadn't thought about before. I went back that night. They ran the bus every service. So I went back that night. Preacher got up, preached. Went back Wednesday night, preaching. Went back next Sunday. The same Sunday school teacher. He went through the same. Can you believe a Sunday school teacher teach the same lesson twice? <laughs> he went through the Romans road again because that time, but that time we had a couple more of our buddies with us. We're all lost. Same thing again. Bow your heads at the end of the lesson. Close your eyes. Anybody would like to trust Christ your Savior today? Of course, nobody's moving. But what's happening now, and this went on for four weeks, three times a week. I'm going and hearing the word of God preached. And it's beginning to do something in me. I'm beginning to realize, hey, I'm in trouble. It made me feel guilty of my sin. I sensed I was condemned before God. Now, let me say this. Nobody in that church condemned me for how I lived, how I dressed, how I looked, what neighborhood I came from. They loved me. They befriended me. But they cut no corners when it comes to showing me what God said about my sin before him. 
And the Bible says, wherefore, is by way, that, that God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That was the verse that really brought conviction to my heart. That God loved me enough to give his own son to die for me. And the best I could do when I talked about Christ was curse his name. And I felt ashamed. I felt guilty. I felt horrible. Amen. And I'm saying, thank God I did. Because that brought me to a place of conviction and repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying that the word of God began to work in this man. And the word of God worked in my heart, brought me to the place, the Bible makes it clear, the entrance of thy word giveth light. He giveth understanding unto the simple. That's what he did for me. I had no clue. And the word of God began to give me understanding of who I was before God and what Christ had done for me and how much God loved me. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I realized that Jesus died for me and would save me if I would let him. And I got saved. But it's because the word of God worked in my heart. I'm glad I was exposed to the word of God. I was, when I was pastoring, our, the address of our church was, uh, we were on Goat Barn Hill, Dog Walk Road, Alpine, Tennessee, middle of nowhere. We were 30 miles from Interstate 40 in the center part of Tennessee or close to the center part. And a young couple came one Sunday morning. I'm at the door greeting people as they come in. And I see this couple and introduce myself as the pastor. And I said, where do you folks live? They said, well, we live in all good Tennessee. All good Tennessee was 28 miles south of us. Now, we knocked doors every week. We invited people. None of our people lived in all good. We had knocked doors down there. And so... I thought, how in the world did you folks end up here? You must have got lost. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened last week. He said, I went out to get my mail out of the mailbox, and I saw a piece of paper on the ground, picked it up, thinking it might be a piece of my mail, and what it was was a gospel track. And he said, I took it in the house, and I read it, and he said, I, I did what it said. And he said, I asked the Lord to save me. And he said, my wife came in about an hour later, and he said, I gave it to her and told her what I did, and she read it, she asked the Lord to save her. And he said, then on the back of it was a little map and the address to how to get to your church. He said, that's how come we're here today. The word of God. You see, I don't know how much of this Bible this, this Ethiopian eunuch had. I know he had two verses, but it's the word of God. Is a gospel track enough to help someone come to know Christ as their Savior? The answer is yes, it is. Is a John and Romans enough? The answer is yes, it is. Is the New Testament enough? The answer is yes, it is. Is the whole Bible enough? Of course it is. It's the Word of God. And boy, we should never minimize the opportunities. And I've, I'm guilty of this so much. We should never minimize the opportunity of sowing the seed of the Word of God. We don't have to harvest the crop in five minutes, but we can sow the seed. Amen. And so I find here, as it was in the book of Acts, I believe it's still true today. God works through his word. Whether it's preached as Philip was doing in Samaria or on the printed page as it was with the Ethiopian eunuch. God works through his word. That's why I'm so, I'm so thrilled about the ministry of getting the word of God in foreign languages to people that need it. Because I know 
I know God's Word has power to convert the soul. I know that. And so I find God at work according to His will, and His will is that all men be saved. I see his, his, He's at work working through His Word as He did in this man's heart. And then I find God's witness working with this man. God's witness. Go back to Philip. Bible said when Philip, I love Philip's enthusiasm. Bible said in verse 30, in verse 29, then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. That's, that's count number two on why Philip was not a Baptist. <laughs> I is one, so I can talk about Baptists all day. Amen. Philip ran to this chariot, his enthusiasm. But notice, he simply asked a question. Understandest thou what thou readest? Philip was a wise witness, amen? But what he was, he was a witness. He was a witness in his own church to his fellow believers. He was a witness in Samaria. And now God is using him here in this unique situation to be a witness, to be a help to come alongside of this man and simply he opened up the scriptures to Isaiah 53 and he preached Jesus Christ to him. Amen. How is God working today? Works through his will, works through his word, and he works through us, his witnesses. What a wonderful privilege and opportunity I'll be honest with you, I was very convicted this morning by the message. One of the things that struck me, brother, is we can be so busy in the ministry and not be ministering. Amen. We can be busy in the ministry and still not be ministering to souls that need to be saved. But you know what? God has not only commanded us, but he's given us the privilege to be witnesses unto him both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth, every single one of us that are saved tonight have the privilege and the responsibility to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two things demanded of a witness in a court of law. One is they're supposed to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. How many of you believe we've got the truth? We've got the truth. Second thing that's required is that you tell what you know. You get in that witness box and you begin to give your opinion, the judge is going to say, we don't want to hear your opinion. We just want to know the facts. Well, what do you know? Amen. To be a witness, what do, we need to, what do we need to be a witness about? What Jesus Christ has done for us. Just simply what he did for me. You know what he did for you. If you don't know what he did for you, then you're the one that needs to be witnessed to. But if you do know what he did for you, then that's the story to tell. Listen, we don't have to know how many, how many hairs are in the tail of the horse in the book of Revelation. Don't need to know that. You don't have to know about the wheels within the wheels. I still don't know all that. But I know Jesus saved my wretched soul. I know that I was lost on my way to hell and Jesus Christ forgave me of my sin washed me in his blood, wrote my name down in the book of life, put the Holy Spirit of God in me and made me a new creature in Christ. I know that. 
And I know if he could save me, he could save anybody. Amen. God at work. I believe if we depart from these three parameters right here, we may do a lot of work, but God won't. We better keep believing that God is willing to save whosoever will. And believe that God still works through his word and get it out and that God will work through us as his witnesses. Amen? How many of you believe that tonight? He'll use every one of us. You know what? Every one of us, we're saved tonight. We're a missionary to somewhere. We're a missionary to somewhere. Some of us are never going to be able to darken the door where you work. You get to get in there every day. Somebody's got to reach those people there. Listen, God will use us if we'll let him. He used Philip. And my friend, he'll use you if you allow him to. Let's stand. Our heads are bowed tonight. Our eyes are closed. Ask the pastor to come this evening. Let him take the invitation. Thank you so much for listening. The Lord may be speaking to your heart in some way tonight. If so, let me encourage you to listen to his voice. It's a tremendous privilege when God takes the time to speak to us personally. As the piano begins to play, I just I want to ask you to consider in your own heart, where am I underestimating what God can be doing through me? And something is simple as praying for people and just having the attitude, God, you want people to be saved, giving a track, supporting opportunities like we had tonight, but then being willing to be a witness and, and not overcomplicating it, man, for Philip being a witness was this, it started this simple, I'm going to obey God, go talk to that guy, and here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask him a question, and we, we sometimes make witnessing harder than it needs to be. But we want to be a part of what God is doing. And if he has spoken to you about your lack of passion for people to be saved, about buying into the sufficiency of his word and maybe passing out tracts or being a witness, then respond to him tonight. I, this, this subject is like prayer. I hear a message on this or I hear a message on prayer. I know I need to improve. There's room for improvement for me. And if there is for you, let's respond to the Lord tonight. So while Brother Nate sings, if God has spoken to your heart, you respond to him.